Good morning, Church Ohana. Um, Pastor Beck was saying this morning we're going to have a little bit of a shorter message. I, we call it a sermonette <laughs> when it's only a one-point sermon, but that's because we have a lot um, coming up with listening today. And last week, Pastor Rebecca shared that Wellspring has, with lots of discernment and prayer, um, feel, feel that God is calling us to have the word of the year be open for Wellspring. And as we start this new year, it's particularly meaningful um, as we look at one of our church's top priorities is that we will be needing to leave our building come end of July and find a new home. And so we've been talking about it. We've been praying about it. Um, we had the prayerful pause that we did at the end of the year. Um, and now we're starting to get busy, um, but always with wanting to make sure that our ear is attuned to what God is wanting to tell us. So as we continue in this season, now we're in the season of Epiphany, our scripture today is one that meshes openness with listening. And we're going to be doing um, things a little bit differently again, as I said. But hopefully you'll find that our sermon today, Open Listening, that it's quiet, quiet, irresistible, quiet, irresistible. So we're quiet so we can listen, but irresistible that we can hear from the Lord. So, okay, let's get ready to read our passage today from Matthew 2, verses 1 through 3. And verses 8 through 12 from the New Living Trans... Oh, what is that? It's a squirrel. Okay, let's deal with the squirrel now. I don't know how many of you have seen the movie Up from the... the right? Okay. But there's a talking dog that's named Doug. And he's really cute. And he actually can talk because he's got the special collar that... Um, that translates, I guess, what, he, what he's thinking. And I wish Sparky had one of those. That would be great. Um, he just gets the Barky collar, that's all. But um, throughout the movie, we have Doug, and he's communicating. And as he's doing that, it's fine, except that he gets distracted by squirrels, right? It's what he wants to do is chase squirrels. So you and I, I, I think after that, I don't know if that's where that phrase got coined, squirrels, but it's used whenever we're maybe engaged and all of a sudden we get distracted, right? Our focus is broken. And so um, that's something today that as we listen, we want to be very aware of the squirrels that pop up and we want to push them away, okay? And so here's the squirrel with the, the acorn that he's holding. And when you think about a squirrel in your mind and it comes, you have a squirrel moment, we're going to say nut today, not today. Okay, squirrels be gone. Okay. All right. So we got, we got the squirrel out of the way because we have to focus to listen. So let's read our scripture passage. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that, that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose and we have come to worship him. King Herod was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way and the star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. 
it went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So this passage is referring to a group of men that, and they call them wise men, that we often refer to as magi. And these wise men were said to likely have been astronomers. They knew how to read the stars and the patterns in the sky. And this particular star that rose, this star was the one that was going to alert them that the baby Jesus had been born and where he was. This star guided them to Jesus. And we know that they're believers because the reason they went to go see Jesus was because they wanted to worship him. And so they set on this, out on this journey um, to find baby Jesus, and they brought these gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And while they simply wanted to make this journey to see Christ, the Christ child, King Herod, though, had another agenda. And so, again, I'm summarizing everything for this sermonette, but basically King Herod was threatened by the fact that there would be someone that would be a threat to his throne. And so he wanted to destroy whoever that would be. So he wanted to have whoever went and found the Christ child to come back and report to him so that they, that child could be destroyed. But his plot was thwarted because of these three wise men that had listened, to, that had listened instead of King, to King Herod, they listened to God. They were open to God's leading to go back home another way and avoid the king because of that, outcomes were certainly very different. Can you imagine if they just listened to King Herod? Well, there's so many details that we could talk about in this passage. I'm going to keep us moving along because these wise men are actually our role models for today when we engage in prayer with open listening. One thing that I wonder is why these wise men, why them? They were all seemingly intelligent to be able to do what they did, but they were also unassuming picks. They were foreigners. They were the unlikelies to be chosen to go and see the newborn king. Yet God could and did use them. And we see that throughout where God will often choose someone to do something important, monumental. That's the most unlikely person that we would think of. Look at Jesus and when he was born. I feel confident in saying that choosing these wise men has everything to do with their ability to do open listening. What is that? Not again, a squirrel. Okay, folks, if you're having a squirrel moment, come back, come back. Okay, so take out your sermon notes if you have them and because you don't want to miss out, right? And if you're at home, take out your sermon notes. Hey, sorry, squirrel, not today. Okay. So as I was saying, okay, open listening. What, this is what the wise men were doing. And so what does that look like? So in your sermon notes, open listening is the discipline 
of letting go of the urge to control. There's letting go of the urge to control and clearing space or making space for God to show the better way. So open listening is the discipline of letting go of the urge to control and clearing space for God to show the better way. One point for today, but a long one, I know. But control, when we talk about that, it is hard. It's really hard to give up. It's easier said than done, I think, especially when we think that we know what is best, right? For me, a lot of times, it's hard to think about letting go of the urge to control because God isn't on my mind to remind me that it's not a burden I have to carry alone. I try to figure it out by myself first. But the wise men knew that with all of their training and the ability to make sound decisions, that God is still the one to direct them, and he knows much better than us. But there's another part to it, and that is once you choose to listen to God, you have to make the space for him to reveal the way. You have to give him that clear space. And in this passage, the dreams are hard to deny. But even when you have dreams, you still have to choose into following God-given dreams, don't we? The wise men knew to ignore King Herod's wishes to control. And instead, they cleared space for God to speak directly to them to help in God's mission for Jesus and for them. Now, I can be a skeptic. And sometimes my dreams are all over the place. Hard to remember dreams too, right? When you have them at night. But I know from other experiences in my life, one in which I was at a very low point in my life, that God can speak to us in other ways too. And I remember one time when I was feeling very low and life was hard and I was in my car and I actually, it was just me, but I felt like, oh my gosh, I just heard a voice. And the voice was just telling me to stop. Stop doing what you're doing the way you're doing it. And I remember that because it was so clear and there was no one else in the car. And it wasn't, it was quiet. And I think at that time, I just didn't know what else to do, right? I was just driving and being by myself and actually saying, Lord, I don't know what to do. And God showed up. Sometimes when we clear the way for God, he speaks to us by bringing words, or it could be affirmations. It could be a deed. Sometimes it's a feeling. He created us with more than ears, but other ways to experience the world. And we can be open to listening by being present to what we see, what we feel, what we taste, what we smell, and what we hear. And I, it's hard, I know, still, because I completely acknowledge that when life is tough, um, a lot of times my brain gets cluttered, over-cluttered, right? And I think somebody was sharing, it might have been, I don't know if it was you, Pastor Rebecca, but talking about when you declutter your house, how good it feels to make space, right? All of a sudden, you can, you can like see things again, and you've gotten rid of the stuff that you don't need. And I have to say, I think that's where my brain is right now. It's in need of decluttering. Um, 
with balancing school and um, church and work and um, family and just, and, and actually the most important time for God, that I have to declutter my brain at times and make space. If any of you are feeling that same feeling, you're feeling challenged, or you're maybe feeling uncomfortable because you know being open to listening is something that you struggle with, you are not alone. To those who think that they already have listening mastered, I would push back and I would say, I can't imagine that God still doesn't have something to teach us about being open listeners. He's not done with any of us in the transformation process until we actually get to do life in heaven with him, right? In your sermon notes, I know Karen had put it up, um, so I'm just going to ask if you can put it up again, that there are a few characteristics that were listed for what makes for helpful or open listening, and I'm not going to go through them, but I have them listed as open listening and closed listening. Closed listening. And I listed them um, because today, after we spend some time listening to God, we are probably going to listen to each other for a little bit. And so we're going to be sharing, and these guidelines are hopefully helpful in informing us and reminding us of how we can be good, open, helpful listeners to one another in the room. Okay. And if you take a look, um, I just want to highlight that the most important thing about being an open listener is to remember to be as present and affirming as possible to one another when we are sharing. It's not easy for all of us to share, especially if you're new or you're shy. But just like the wise men, you never know who the Holy Spirit is going to use. And we want to give space for everyone to feel safe with what is on their heart and to be able to speak that. And if open listening is something that you feel God is inviting you to as part of your journey of growth and transformation now, to knowing yourself and to being able to integrate open listening with your genuine feelings and emotions, I would like to offer and invite you to, to still be able to sign up for Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. That class is starting this Tuesday evening on Zoom. Um, really good for just like enriching your walk with the Lord and also your relationships. So this morning, we are actually going to practice being open listeners. And we're going to be guided by TJ in a little bit, who is the lead for our Landing Well ministry that is set up for where we are headed after we leave this building. Ah, looks like the squirrel wants to be part of our listening time. Sorry, squirrel, not today. <laughs> As TJ gets ready to come up and receive our full attention, I want to ask how many of you have the day off tomorrow in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. Day? Anybody? Oh, very good. Okay. So with our focus on open listening today, I do want to acknowledge the work and the example of Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. for what he accomplished and how he accomplished awareness of the injustices and inhumanity suffered by persons of African-American descent. Just as important, he has served as a role model in shaping the unique theological and contextual definition of prayer and spiritual direction for persons of African-American descent. He has made all of us more aware 
he has done God's mission in the hopes of unifying and bringing unity to us as people. While he is hailed as a significant contributor to society, all that inspired him and directed him was his deep devotion and diligence to seek God in prayer. There's a famous kitchen table moment of Dr. King that his wife, Coretta Scott King, has shared, where Dr. King was distraught over whether or not to participate in a political and social protest in Montgomery, Alabama, to boycott racial segregation of the public transit system. This is a foundational moment, was a foundational moment in the civil rights movement for the United States. Dr. King and his family had been receiving numerous death threats, and he was struggling with the cause and whether or not to put his family in harm's way. It was in that dark hour at the kitchen table that he prayed in desperation and he waited on God. He later told Coretta that in that moment, he experienced the presence of the divine so powerful and heard his voice urging him to stand up for righteousness and stand up for the truth and God will be at our side forever. In that defining moment, of open listening, he felt empowered with the presence of the Lord to be able to face head on the, what would be enormous challenges ahead. Books have been written, documentaries made on the greatness of this man who credited the power of prayer and leading from God as the defining factor of his crusade for justice. What many of us don't know is that his wife, Coretta, Scott King was also a prayer crusader. And that she says that, this is her quote, which we can put up, the discipline of prayer was vital for them to be able to endure together with a prayer answering God, who was the only way for endurance and transformation to occur. She says that this is how she saw prayer. She defined it as, Prayer is how we open our hearts to God, how we make that vital connection that empowers us to overcome overwhelming obstacles and become instruments of God's will. So this morning, oh, Church Ohana, let us open our hearts to God this morning so we too can make a vital connection that empowers us to overcoming yet another seemingly overwhelming obstacle to become instruments of God's will.